She's going to Coors Banquet. <laughs> I'm drinking ginger tea. And you're I'm drinking, drinking a beer. beer. And I have water. Cheers. <sighs> Salud. Hey guys, welcome back to the Homestead Connection. Today we are here with Kylie, Molly, and Brenna, and we're so excited because we're talking about cooking from scratch. So many people, you know, we go for the quick, easy dinners, processed foods. What can we get in our family's stomachs the quickest, you know, to make the nights quick and easy? But cooking from scratch isn't that hard. It just takes a little bit of extra time and a little bit of extra thought but it's so Mm -hmm. much better for your family. So we're here tonight to talk just briefly about cooking from scratch and hopefully give you a little bit of inspiration to even start just cooking one one little side dish or one thing for your meal from scratch tonight. So what are are you guys' thoughts about cooking from scratch? Like where where do you go? What's your favorite recipes? Like like, what do you do when you think about cooking from scratch? What do you think of? So, hold on. First of all, I want to define what is cooking from scratch to you. Like, is it a bag of noodles or is it making your own noodles? Which way do you go when you define cooking from scratch? Dude, see, that's hard because when we were talking about doing this episode and thinking about the different things we wanted mm-hmm. to hit, this was that's one of those things where I thought about we could really make this into multiple episodes because there's such a spectrum. But I feel like for me, it truly just depends on what season of life I'm in. Sometimes for me, cooking from scratch is like making noodles, which I like making noodles and it's super easy. Um, But then sometimes it's making hamburger helper from scratch, which still means using a box Mm -hmm. of noodles. You know what I mean? So there's just like, it depends on what my bandwidth is for that day or that season of life. Amen. I mean, I've done it ways. Yeah. The way that I define it. Either option is better than Right. Is I stay out of the middle aisles. If I could stay out of the middle aisles mm-hmm. and I could stay out of things that are pre-mixed, then I'm cooking from scratch in some ways. In other now I can make yeah. my own manicotti. I can make my own lasagna noodles. I can make my own gnocchi. I can make my own. I can make my own bread. Like I could do all of that. But sometimes I just got a mm-hmm. bag of noodles. <laughs> and my own sauce Mm -hmm. and I throw it into a pan with my hamburger you know for example to to play off of the hamburger helper bit and to me that's still from scratch because I've taken out all of the preservatives I've taken out all of the palm oil and canola oil and all of those seed oils that are kind of like hidden in there and so to me that's still cooking from scratch and cheaper by the way You nailed it right there for me is when I'm cooking from scratch, my biggest goal is to try to eliminate as much sugar and processed food out of what I'm making. Generally speaking, my other big goal with cooking from scratch is the financial portion of things. But like, that's really where it kind of stemmed from for me was like, yeah, it's nice to save some money cooking from scratch, but it's even better not having the high fructose corn syrup, all of the seed oils, all of the preservatives in the food that my family is eating. Yes. And like for me and my family, cooking from scratch kind of looks a little bit different because we are 100% gluten-free in this household. And so I it's very hard for me to go to the store and buy a box of hamburger helper or go buy a can of manwich or whatever it may oh, be. Manwich. Like cuz we can't we can't eat it. We can't consume it. And so um yeah. for us, cooking from scratch is almost a necessity, not like a like choice because we don't have as many options, which is great. But on those nights where you're crunched for time, it's like, what do I do? 
which then, you know, it comes in with that balance of, okay, I have my homemade pasta sauce. Here's a box of noodles. We're going to pair these together and we're still cooking from scratch. So, you know, you still have those, those times, but you know, it's not an option as much for us. Well, and cooking at some, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say cooking from scratch can also be preparing your meals ahead of time and canning them. I love that you bring up Manwich because I love Manwich. I grew up on Manwich from like a college perspective or early like marriage perspective. It was tuna helper, hamburger helper, Manwich, that kind of stuff. You know, one, because, you know, we didn't have the Internet at that point in time. I am that old. And then two, you know, like we just didn't have the money or the bandwidth to do any of these things. But now you can make your own Manwich and jar it. And then once you jar it, Mm -hmm. it's still home made you don't have any of those preservatives but it still could be kind of quick and easy yep quick and easy yeah no and like we've made stew and we can like venison stew so it's all like the potatoes are in there the celery the carrots everything is in there so then i literally have to open it up dump it in the pot and then just warm it up and it's done and my husband actually mentioned so we're in the heart of deer season right now and we're talking about what we want to do once we get our deer and he's like okay I know you want to can a whole bunch of it. He goes, but I really want to can a whole bunch of stew. And I'm Aww. like, deal. Rinse your delivered. Let's go. Aww. That's <laughs> amazing. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. It's nice. It's it's a quick, easy meal. It's super nutritious. And it's honestly really inexpensive to make. So it's, yeah, it's a win-win all around. Absolutely. Have you guys always cooked from scratch? Or was there a season of life where it really changed for you? Where it was like, okay, now you had a big, a much more like you, now you had a stronger focus on cooking from scratch. My family, I've always grown up cooking from scratch. My dad actually went to culinary school. Um, yeah. And he worked in kitchens and all the things. And so, and my dad also has heart disease. And so like, we don't eat a lot of processed foods because of my dad's heart disease. And so I've always Mm -hmm. grown up just cooking from scratch. Um, like, you know, there was the, you know, the early college days, like moving out, like where you try to do the fast convenience foods, um, but it didn't last very long for us. No, I hear you. And that's expensive. I mean, that gets expensive too, unless you're eating like ramen noodles. Yeah. But honestly, I was like grocery shopping the other day and a packet of ramen noodles, like the big box of 12, I feel like it used to be three Mm -hmm. or four bucks. It was like $10. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, even ramen is expensive. We live in a world where ramen is expensive. We live in now. a world where ramen is expensive now. So my, so we, we, most of our meat either came from the ocean or it came from our ranch. So we did a lot of cooking from scratch. My parents, that was like one of the things that they did together was cook from scratch. So I grew up learning how to cook in the kitchen from my mom and from my dad. And it, it gave me a nice baseline, mm-hmm. but similar to Molly, you know, when we first moved out and we were like on wick and we were, you know, really scraping by and my husband would get MREs from, from, you know, the, um, from the unit, unit is not the right term, but whatever (laughs) he would, um, he would, you know, that's, that's what we ate. And it was a lot of processed foods and I could tell the difference, you know, I could tell the Mm -hmm. salt gain and I could, I could tell, you know, just like how it made my body feel. So once we got to the point where we could afford, you know, better foods and more, uh, more nutritious foods, we went ahead and switched back to, you know, eating more meals that are prepared closer to home. I, I want to say it's also cheaper now, now depending on how you, you source your meat and how you source your vegetables yeah. these days. You know, you're not paying for all of that mm-hmm. processing. Hugely. I grew up in a house where my mom cooked from scratch quite a bit. I 
remember her doing a lot of milling her own wheat, baking a lot of our bread, making a lot of granola from scratch, cooking a lot of things like, you know, chicken and mashed potatoes and uh, meatloaf and stuff like that. We didn't have a lot of pre-packaged or processed food. And if we did, it was like, you know, those Stouffer's lasagnas, <laughs> mm-hmm. it would be like a quick Stouffer's yeah. lasagna or something like that on Wednesday nights before church or something. And then my dad has always loved cooking from scratch. <clears throat> and when he would cook from scratch, it would very much be like making his own noodles, making his pasta sauce from scratch and things like that. Lots of grilling and things. So I grew up in a house that used a lot of simple ingredients, simple meals, spices and herbs, and stuff. Um, and I didn't grow up like very well off. And so when I look back, oh, lentils and rice, we ate lentils and rice all the time. And then would have different like salsas and stuff to go with it, like salsa and sour cream to go with it. So it was like simple ingredients and simple recipes. Um, and so I feel like when I do a lot of my cooking, it's simple recipes, simple ingredients, mm-hmm. lots of spices. My mother-in-law, though, like my husband, he grew up with a mom who like cooked from scratch as well. But her cooking from scratch was a box of noodles, a can of condensed soup, a seasoning packet, like a, you know, ranch seasoning packet or whatever. So it was, yeah, putting different ingredients together, but it was still like essentially a lot of different processed foods and just different packaging. Um, so that's that, that was interesting, too. I think one thing that from what you just said that makes me kind of chuckle a little is a while ago on social media there was this trend going around where people were talking about how they were an ingredient house not like a snack house Uh and so like when you were a kid like what were the random snacks you would go and make you know during the day like okay I'm gonna open a jar of olives or something like random like for me one of my favorite things that my brother and I would always always eat is just like an open face like tortilla shell with cheese on it like that was like dude what else do you eat (laughs) yes that is I don't know if that's a Minnesota thing or what like and I'm not even joking because nobody around here does that but we would do like a like a tortilla and cheese for lunch was like a normal lunch day (laughs) but that's what you get when you're having an ingredient household versus a snack household like you couldn't just go in the cupboard and get like a bag of chips or like a snack bar or a granola bar because it's like you didn't have it if you want it you make it you know oh we had cinnamon and sugar toast so we would put the toast in with the butter with the cinnamon and sugar and i will still still do that to this day same (laughs) yes My kids love cinnamon and sugar Mm. toast so much. I grew up, um, my mom would make bread from scratch. And then on the days that she would make bread, because she would make like a bunch of bread on one day, that day, she'd do it in the morning. So for lunch, it was like warm bread and peanut butter and jelly for lunch. And it was so good. I like vividly remember those days. See, my mom didn't really do bread from scratch. That's one thing. It's interesting. Like we would make Easter bread. So it was like an Italian sweet bread. We would make coffee cake. We would make cakes. We would do all that stuff. But as far as like white sliced bread, she always got nature's own. And I always thought that that was a good bread. And then I went shopping one day and I looked at the back of it and I was like, holy, but you know, it was probably different in the eighties than it is now, but you know, holy cow, that was not healthy bread. We also had those little oatmeal cream pies. We always had those too. So it was like the little oh, Debbie's, the little Debbie's? Those oatmeal good. cream pies. <laughs> yes. And that yeah. was like our, those were our bad things were that and a Coke. But other than that, everything else was made 
completely from scratch. And we used to do canned bread. You know, I just saw canned from bread. From B&M. Yep. <laughs> it's brown bread. It's got Is raisins that... in it. It comes in a can. I think it's from the Great Depression or something. I have no idea. It must be. <laughs> you could still it's find me greatly it. greatly depressed just thinking about that. It was that. so good. Canned bread. <laughs> You know, talking about bread though. So it's like, yeah, baking from baking bread from scratch is an obvious thing for me because if I'm making bread at home, it's super easy to make up grilled cheese and tomato mm -hmm. soup. That's like decent and healthy and quick French toast. So easy. Um, but I saw a tip on Instagram. I don't know. It's been like a week or 10 days now where the Instagram poster, who was it? Who posts anyways, the person who I saw posted it recommended getting bread from the bakery if you have to get it from the grocery store versus like the bread aisle because if they're making it in the bakery, they're not using all the preservatives. It's meant to be eaten fresh mm -hmm. and not just sit on a shelf waiting for consumption. And that made so much sense to me. So then I was looking at the ingredients recently. And if you guys have listened to previous podcasts, I don't go to the grocery store very often because I like Instacart everything, but I was actually in the grocery store. And so I looked at the ingredient list on the, just the, the bakery bags of bread. And it really is like sugar, flour, water, yeast, you know, and then sometimes an oil, depending on what kind of bread they were making, whether it was just like a regular brioche or a, you know, French loaf or whatever. And so I thought that was kind of a, a pretty decent hack. And also the other thing I noticed were those, those loaves of bread are cheaper than the bread in the bread aisle. So all of the bakery breads were like $2.99 a loaf for like a decent big loaf. Whereas all of the sandwich breads in the bread aisle are still like four pushing $5 at the cheapest. So I was like, that's like a pretty legit hack. If you're not able to like, not in a season where cooking bread from scratch feels realistic or attainable, like to cut out some of the preservatives, to limit some of the sugar, to eat something that's been more freshly prepared. I was like, pretty yeah. nice. Yeah. I, the only thing that I have a problem with, with my grocery store bakery oh. is that they still use bioengineered food and it still says it on the, the tag. And I've been very cognizant of that. And now I'm, that, that's not in our diet whatsoever. Um, I've even got my, my 11 year old oh. son looking for yeah. it. <laughs> So, so we do not eat yeah. that. Um, but they do, they do label it and it's not in all breads. It's only in some, so I'm not quite sure what ingredient it is that's in there that's bioengineered, but that just kind of, that, that has pushed me, you know, if you ask me what now is bringing me while before it was because it, it was the way I was raised and, and all of those things. Now it's because I want to control my ingredients and I'm pretty, intentional yep. about all of that so if i can't if i just buy from what's in the store then i can't control what's going into our bodies let's talk about some of the different perks about cooking from scratch i mean we talked a little bit about our experience and what led us to cooking from scratch and kind of some of the things that we're doing now but like what are some perks specifically of cooking from scratch like if someone's not normally cooking from scratch they're trying to be more cognizant of what they're cooking how can we motivate them to cook from scratch a little bit more like what are some of the perks for you guys we've talked a little bit about how financially it's a huge perk yeah i think that's a huge one for me because like so being gluten-free we eat rice a lot um it's a really easy grain for us it's gluten-free you know 
no issues. But like, mm-hmm. if you look in the store and you see like a box of Zatarans or whatever, the rice like prepackaged boxes or like the Nor um, prepackaged rice. Pesticides. Yes, those. Yeah. Like they're only a couple bucks. Like you see them in the store, right? But if you look at the cost difference between buying several boxes of those, you know, for just a couple meals versus a big bag of rice and how many meals and servings you can get out of a big bag of rice. It is insane. Like absolutely crazy. I think we're using the same big, I think it's a 10 pound bag of Jasmine rice right now. And I think we've been using it for, I don't know, three, four months where I probably would have had to buy, you know, 15, 16 different bags of those you know, rice sides or Zatarans or Uncle Ben's or whatever it is. And so financially, it just makes so much more sense for like that grain component for us. Um, It's just, it's way more cost effective. Yeah. I think that what you kind of nailed it on the head is evaluating the cost per serving or the cost per meal and how initially it feels like, oh, it's just a couple of dollars. You know, we started the podcast episode talking about hamburger helper Mm -hmm. and a box of hamburger helper. Oh, it's only a couple dollars. That's not a big deal. But to learn how to make hamburger helper from scratch, which I have a great hamburger helper scratch recipe that I'll like include on Instagram for everybody, but it ends up being pennies on the dollar to make it from scratch in comparison to what it would be buying it from the store sans all of the additives and the food coloring and the bioengineered food products and the natural flavors. So the financial component is huge. Well, and you can stretch that box of hamburger helper or what would be the box of hamburger helper a lot further because you're able to use a lot more carb that's yeah. in there with your own carbs because if you ever open up a box of ham it's sad you know like you're getting like what six mm-hmm. noodles basically and yeah. some and some preservatives it's <laughs> really depressing yeah. and maybe I'm just a little piggy I love hamburger helper but I need I need more and so I could take my whole 16 ounce bag of egg noodles and mix it in with that same pound of meat you know and between the yeah. tomato sauce mm-hmm. and all the stuff that goes in there it's um it's a larger amount so you can feed more people or you can have leftovers. And like you said, you have none of those preservatives. So it ends up being cheaper per meal. I think that that's the key. I don't think a lot of people, and maybe this is presumptuous of me, but I don't think a lot of people think about like cost per meal. I don't think we plan down to that anymore. You know what I mean? And so if you actually compare, you know, the hamburger helper versus you making it at home, you'll find out that you're getting a lot more food for, for less. I'm huge when it comes to the cost of things. I'm very motivated by beating my own record. So, you know, how little can I submit? Like, how how can I get the most for my money? And honestly, if we go back to that, getting the most for our money, we're so focused on spending as little as possible at the grocery store that we really do look for the smallest price tag. But it's like Molly was saying, instead of looking for the smallest price tag, look by most servings. So mm-hmm. if it ends up being more expensive to get the 20 pound log of ground beef, it's more expensive up front, but and cost per serving ends up being so much less mm-hmm. than by getting the, you know, neatly packaged two pound sections or whatever. And so it's kind of a whole mindset shift when it comes to like, oh, getting as much as we can for less. Yeah, in the short term, that sounds nice. But sometimes the long term gain is spending a little bit more money up front so that you have 
the longer run of lower cost per serving. Right. It's the Costco mentality, right? I used to get their big thing of pork mm-hmm. chops when I was really strapped for cash. And then I would section them out to three or four pork chops per bag, freeze them, and then that would be mm-hmm. it. So yeah, I spent more mm-hmm. upfront for the pork chop package, but once, mm-hmm. um, but it made a whole lot more meals uh, and I was able to get more meat for the price per pound than if I had bought it, mm-hmm. like you said, like in those little individual wrappings. Mm-hmm. And the cost, the, the, this mindset is the same kind of across the board. So cooking, you know, cooking and buying meat, um, making prepackaged meals from scratch or uh, bread, um, things like granola is so easy to make and it's so cost effective to make it versus buying cereal from the grocery so expensive. store or things mm-hmm. like that. The co- it's so cost expensive. Of a bag of granola like that you it's fancy yeah. to put on top of your yogurt for a parfait is astronomical. Yeah. Like I cannot fathom spending that yes. much money on a bag, a small bag of granola. Like what? I used to laugh. Yeah. yeah. My family is teetering on the edge right now. So we're teetering on the edge of do we continue to buy butter mm-hmm. or do we buy heavy cream and make our own butter? Because it's almost mm. cheaper to buy heavy cream and make your own butter and have the buttermilk as a byproduct and a pound of butter than it is to actually buy butter. And I realize that sounds really extreme for some people. And it sounds a little extreme to me too, in a sense. But also the cost of butter has gotten outrageous. And it does, it's not that hard to make butter. It doesn't take that much work. And so when you switch into this mindset of like what makes the most dollars and cents um, when it comes to like the grocery store and cooking, it's really easy to kind of like stay in that mindset. And I don't know, it ends up for me being like, like a game. Like how, like how can I beat my record of, you know, beating my budget for the grocery store, also providing healthy food for my family, like cooking from scratches can be so simple. I think we, we build it up to be too complicated. I'm curious where you end up with that butter thing. Cause I've been looking at butter too. And I've been thinking the same thing, like, is it actually cheaper? Yeah. And so I might run that little experiment too. Cause I buy grass fed, all natural, you know, blah, 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 mm-hmm. butter. And I right. wonder. It's like eight pounds or it's eight dollars for two yep, sticks of butter, exactly. basically. And I use yes. it a lot for baking. And we're all cooking with solid mm-hmm. fats. Yep. If if people who are listening, like if our listeners um or you know us, so I know that a lot of us buy or us three gals buy our meat in bulk. Um and so part of buying your meat in bulk from the butcher is having the option to get lard from a pig or tallow from your beef. And then you can go through the process of rendering that down. So for example, the butcher that we just got our pig from, he charged me 50 cents per pound for the leaf fat off the pig that we just got. And so I got 10 pounds of leaf fat, which is like the highest quality, like easiest to render down um, fat on the pig. I got, you know, 10 pounds of it for $5. That's going to render down to be so much cooking fat for our family. So I am not eliminating the need for butter, but I'm greatly decreasing the need for butter. And I have basically no need now for um, olive oil. We only, if we use any oil in our house, it's only olive oil. And so 10 pounds, five bucks, it's going to last us a really long time. It's shelf stable once it's rendered. And if you feel a little weird about that, you can throw it in the freezer and it's good, like basically indefinitely. Mine stays on my counter. I absolutely love it. That's a great idea. I have not asked about the leaf fat from the pig that I have coming. I'm going to ask my, 
the lady who raises my pigs and see if she can get that for me. Cause that's a great idea. I buy my lard right now, believe it or not from Amazon and I like it. It's, it's great, but I, um, yeah. I kind of, I kind of want to try and do it myself. I've never done it on my own. Um, it's not hard. I've only done it in small quantities, but when you're rendering down for cooking, um, you don't, it, it's a lot simpler when you're rendering mm -hmm. down for cooking. Yes. If you're rendering like beef tallow down for skincare, you really have to render it and render it and render it and render it again. But if you're using it just for cooking, you're really just looking to render out the impurities, you know, getting it to a liquid state slowly, straining it through cheesecloth, putting it in the containers that you want it to mm -hmm. be stored in. That's it. So... Yeah, See, I use it. olive oil for all of my cold stuff. So, you know, pasta salad, um, bread dip, that kind of stuff is my salad dressing, that kind of stuff. I don't mm -hmm. heat up. The only thing I heat up now is tallow. Well, not tallow, I'm sorry, lard. Yeah, and I, I absolutely love it. And I can tell the difference in my cooking. I can tell the difference in the way the food tastes. It's just been, it's been a really nice, easy shift, mm -hmm. you know. And you're using the entire animal, which I feel is living more authentically and closer to, to the animals that are providing your, your nutrients, you know? A thousand percent. One of the other things, like one of the other huge perks with cooking from scratch is the nutritional factor. And we've talked about, oh yeah, we can eliminate certain things. So we can eliminate the sugars and the seed oils and the preservatives and stuff like that, but you can also add in a lot of nutrition. So if you're wanting to add in, you know, be intentional about using, you know, animal fats versus seed oils or higher quality protein or different types of noodles or adding in vegetables mm -hmm. Like you can add in a lot of nutritional value if you want to. But kind of going back to the whole looking for the cheapest option at the grocery store, our society and our culture is so focused on calories. Like how do we get the, the you know, how do we consume the most amount of calories? No, I said that wrong how do we consume like the least amount of calories, but still have it like taste good. But when we think that way, we end up stripping so much nutritional value out of our food, so much nutritional value out of our food. And really it should be the opposite where we're less worried about calories and we're so much more concerned about what we're eating, you know, vitamins, minerals, how fresh is the food? Um, where did it come from? how is, was it processed or preserved versus how much can I eat for the least amount of calories? And when you're cooking from scratch, you're avoiding a lot of unnecessary calories because of what's added into the prepackaged food. Um, and then the nutritional value is so much higher, denser. Yeah. And you, I think you, you avoid a lot of the inflammatory stuff by avoiding a lot of the preservatives, you know, like it's been interesting because like moving away from store-bought milk and moving into raw milk, I'm not a big milk drinker. It's just never been a thing for me, but I do drink more raw milk now that that's what I buy than I did back when I was buying the store-bought milk. And I have right. seen a change in my weight and I think it is because of those increased and nutrients that I'm getting from it, but it's not unhealthy. Mm -hmm. I feel more healthy now mm -hmm. than I did back when I was 20, 30 pounds thinner. Um, but I think my body was actually starved. I don't think that like my skin was not as, as good as it is now. My um, stomach wasn't as healthy as it is now. Hair, my probably. hair, my nails, my eyes, yep. 
my teeth. It's kind of interesting to see as mm-hmm. I moved, as I've been consistently moving further and further away from the grocery store and buying my food local, how much mm-hmm. there's been cellular changes in my body. And I'm not so quite so focused on weight as I was back when I was, you know, a lot thinner. I may have fit right in right. my tiny clothes, but I was not a healthy person. We figure the nutrition, like the nutritional benefits you're getting when you're cooking from scratch, you're eating healthier, you're like avoiding, like you're saying, avoiding the middle aisles at the grocery store, focusing on the outside aisles, the the vitamins and the minerals that you're getting naturally, the higher protein you're getting naturally, the, the soluble fats that you're taking in, you know, all of that just is completely mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm so much better. My anxiety has actually gone down. And I don't know if if that's a direct one to one. But I do think that they're from the preservatives that I was eating in the high content. I do think that that was directly related to my anxiety and the amount of stress that I was putting on my body, you know, so like it's, it's anecdotal, you know, but it's my it's my it's how I've been living over the past, I don't know, call it two years or so, you know, yeah, but you don't realize how many food colorings are put in things and how many natural flavors are put in things. And I've kind of been deep diving natural flavors and, and that's a different topic for a different <laughs> yeah. day. But like one of the primary ingredients for like natural ingredients is MSG. And we know how terrible MSG is for mm-hmm. us and how inflammatory that is. And it's addicting and it's like changes your chemistry. So when you get rid of these things that like Oh, that is a whole different, it's like such a rabbit mm-hmm. hole. It is. Such a rabbit hole. But it just feeds but it's the like point. it really is changing your chemistry. Yeah, it feeds to the point that Brenna said that, you know, reducing her like anxiety, like just like with kids mm-hmm. when they're having like behavioral issues and you've cut out red 40, yep. how their behavior mm-hmm. and their moods improve. Like it is, it, it really does affect a lot of things. And so I think, you know, what you're nourishing your body with is going to have a direct correlation on how your, your outcome of your life is going to be. And so, you know, the, yeah, the healthier that you can, things that you can ingest, that you can eat, that you can drink and and even just surround yourself with is going to just benefit you in the long run. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A thousand percent. I completely agree. Um, I feel like it's almost a, gateway right so you start out by avoiding those middle aisles so then you start to move to those outer aisles in the grocery store so you're avoiding mm-hmm. the prepackaged foods you're avoiding the frozen foods you're buying cheese you're buying meat you're buying vegetables grains and you're putting it all together then what you come to find out mm-hmm. is that they're putting stuff in the meat and they're putting stuff in the vegetables <laughs> and before you know it you will be looking for i promise you <laughs> a local market somewhere and you'll get to know your farmers and before you know it you'll be buying pigs just like we do (laughs) (laughs) yeah we're going from the the main grocery store to now i want organic no spray free range (laughs) all of the things yeah uh for me, like the the topic of meat isn't necessarily because of whatever they added add into it, like in terms of color preservation or, or taste preservation or whatever. It truly is purely financial for me when it comes to buying meat in bulk from someone local. Because like for we just bought a whole pig, picked it up, I don't know, like t- less than two weeks ago. And um, we ended up at $2.96 per pound 
on that pig and we have 27 pounds of bacon and 40 Mm. pork chops and tons of roasts and just like so much meat that you literally can't buy for that price at the grocery Mm -hmm. store. And so not only do I know where it was raised, I mean, we went to the farm where the pigs came from, you know, handed her the money directly, picked it up from the butcher directly. And it's 50% cheaper than whatever it is I can get at the grocery store and a hundred times better. So see, for me, it is somewhat of what they put into it. Like I have a visceral response to them bathing my chicken in chlorine. I do not like and now I know we yes, just came off yes. of the water podcast where I was saying that if you need to, you can put bleach in your, I know I said that, I know. but to just push my chicken through a bunch of bleach is not my bag, baby. You know, so. Right. Yes. I know. I know. But like when given the choice, like when given the choice and, you know, I think that's important to talk about too. It's like, People don't always have the choice mm-hmm. to, to be in the season that we're in right now where I'm cooking 90% of our meals from scratch. And, you know, because I, I was in a season where I wasn't doing all that. Like, I haven't always cooked this way. And there's going to be seasons in my life where I can't cook the way I'm cooking right now. And, you know, that's okay. That's you okay. You got to give yourself grace. Yeah. Like, you can't mm-hmm. eat 100% all the time, right? So, giving yeah. yourself grace, knowing that this is okay, but knowing that you want to get there, you, you know, you have that drive and that want, mm-hmm. the desire, um, mm-hmm. is, is great too. And just, you know, staying within your means, because if you try and try and like almost push yourself past that breaking point to, you know, be totally holistic, to be totally cooking from scratch, to be growing everything on your own property, like you're going to hit burnout and you're going to hit it fast. Like I think living within your means and giving yourself grace is so important because we can only do so much before we break and you don't want to get there. You want to find that happy medium to maintain. Oh yeah. I mean, last night, well, not last night, the night before um, I made a chicken casserole and I threw in a can of Campbell's, um, cream of mushroom. I don't, you know, I'm not going to beat myself up over it. I know my own cream of mushroom is better, but guess what? I didn't have that downstairs in my pantry. And right now I'm trying to eat through my pantry. So that is what we ate. And did we die? No. And are we okay? Yes. And was it tasty? Absolutely. Um, You know, so it's not so much like you don't have to, to, in my opinion, you don't have to make the change all at once. It's just more of the knowledge and the curiosity. And then you know, making that change where you can just by looking at your area and what's in your area, you might find like I've made great relationships just by asking around and meeting the farms that are in my, you know, our range from my house. And it's, it's, it's the, it's the community, it's the friendships, it's the conversations, it's the education, it's all of that stuff that I think is so much more than even just the food and the savings that you're getting from it, you know. But you'll probably find yourself rendering lard at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Now that my girls are getting a little bit older, I've enjoyed cooking from scratch alongside Mm. of them and watching them cook. Mm -hmm. Them watching me. I've enjoyed watching um, them see me cook because they have so much interest in learning how to cook and then being able to show them what it is to cook from scratch and prepare simple meals and give them that sense of confidence and also passing down essentially tradition or keeping tradition alive. 
even Nora, I was at work the other day. We were going to have soup with dinner. So I FaceTimed Nora and walked her through how to make just a simple artisan loaf of bread, you know, water, yeast, sugar, salt, flour. And she made it and it was really, really good. And she had so much pride out of like, you know, mixing it up. Um, And she'll just continue to do it over and over and over again. But there's like a really nice heartwarming feeling to doing something like that with your kids, Mm -hmm. like with me and my kids. Um, And just being, having the skill, knowing how to cook from scratch to be able to nourish their curiosity through cooking. Well, and that is something that will try. It's kind of like knowledge. Like it will travel with them throughout the ages and it's not heavy. It doesn't, it doesn't cost anything to carry it. The Italian recipes that I make today are recipes for my great, great grandma. So my great, great grandma Mm -hmm. taught my great grandma taught my grandma taught my mom, you know, and so it's those and now has it been tweaked? Has it been changed as, you know, uh, ingredients have changed and your tastes have changed and things just kind of, you know, with oral tradition, they just kind of like move along. Yeah, absolutely. But it's the same thing that has been done for a long time in my family and it brings you closer to the people in your family, you know, uh, same thing with my dad and the baked beans. It doesn't have to just be woman to woman. It can also be, you know, a uh, father to daughter or father to son. My dad has a very specific baked bean recipe and we all know how to make it and we all make it. And it's always a conversation around my father. So those things are not heavy to carry and they will, you know, they don't have boundaries, so they will continue on. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's true. And the fact that your kids are always watching, mm-hmm. like they, they see what you're doing. You know, I can be making something in the yeah. kitchen and like doing some specific task and I'll look over and my daughter is at her little play kitchen, like replicating the same thing that I'm doing. Oh. And just like seeing that direct correlation of what I'm doing to what she's then doing is so cool yeah. because that means that I'm just teaching the future generations without even realizing what I'm doing, which is super fun. And you're, you're resetting the norm for your greater family. The norm is that mom cooks from scratch. The norm is that mom cooks with her kids. The norm is that mom includes me in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're demonstrating for our kids to be the norm for their children too. Or, oh, my mom did this with me. I'm going to do that with them. And then as a grandma, you know, I never had a grandma that I like got to cook with in the kitchen or that passed down recipes or anything like that. Not a one. And so for me to be have that in my head where it's like, I want to be that grandma. I want to create that legacy and that tradition within my family just around something as simple as cooking feels really powerful. It is. Mm -hmm. It is. And it it provides that thread through the generations that you will start now and that people will carry on. And it's a, it's a, it's a type of immortality. You know what I mean? Because it's a legacy. it is a legacy. That's a great legacy. word. That's a great way of putting it. Because um, they'll always remember that it came, it came from you. And it's just, I don't know. It, it's just a, it's a beautiful sentiment. And it's also empowering. I mean, when Rob, so Rob and I got married really young. And when we moved out onto our own, I then had to start cooking. You know, he was working, I was cooking, I was pregnant. And, um, you know, to have that confidence of being able to create and buy a roast and prepare a roast and it, my husband actually eat it and 
he did tell me it didn't fall apart as well as his mother's did, but we, we worked on it. <laughs> we, we worked on it and, um, you know, and it got better and, and better, but I had that confidence to get in the kitchen, you know, as a new wife and as a, a young mother and, and, you know, prepare nutritious food for my family mm-hmm. alongside mm-hmm. the MREs from time to Love time. That. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 80, 20, 80, 80 20. 20. Yeah. yeah, we were broke, like with a capital B. Well, <laughs> should we wrap up the podcast by giving people some recommendations of where to start if they're wanting to cook from scratch? I think, honestly, the easiest thing to just start with is just switch your mindset and say, hey, I want to cook one side for dinner tonight or dinner next week from scratch. What can I do? And to me, it's something that's super easy to make from scratch, mashed potatoes. Like for real. Yeah. Like get your potatoes, boil your potatoes, then add in your butter, your milk, whatever seasonings or whatever you want in there. Get out your mm-hmm. beater and just go to town. Like you're going to have mashed potatoes. Add to it to make it taste how you want. But seriously, mashed potatoes. And if they're lumpy, they're lumpy. Give yourself grace. Lumpy potatoes taste as good as smooth, creamy potatoes. They all eat. So seriously, that's one of the easiest things I think you can make from scratch. And most people have that at home already. I love lumpy potatoes. I actually leave my skins on too. So So do I. I love skin in my mashed potatoes. So good. So delicious. You got to scrub them really good, right? But yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mashed potatoes is a great place to start. Um, my, I like to make lasagna from scratch, which is a little bit more labor Mm. intensive, but you can make it in bulk. And one of the things, like one of the traditions in my family is after you have a baby, the mom of the, of the new mother moves in for about two, three months and they cook and they clean and they take care of everybody. And then they pack up. I know, I know I lived a blessed life. Like, and they pack up all of these like dishes in the freezer. And so after Alex was born, I had a whole bunch of homemade manicotti, home, a whole bunch of homemade lasagna and stuffed shells, a whole, like just nutritious, fattening, comfort food <laughs> and so like those those are the things that I love to because they make a lot like you spend the time doing it but it makes a lot of food my recommendation would just be to focus on areas in your diet or in your family that you want to focus on like what is the reason why you want to start cooking from scratch more is it because you're looking to eliminate certain ingredients from your family or is it because you're looking to cut back on things financially because i feel like knowing what you're wanting to improve on in your home might help direct what it is that you're looking to change when you're cooking things Mm -hmm. so you know if you're looking to get rid of processed foods then maybe trying to make more breads and pastas from scratch is a better idea. But if you're looking to stretch your dollar a little bit more, then maybe spending a little bit more money up front and learning some of those key recipes that you like to make the most and how to make them from scratch, like truly from scratch, maybe is the better route to go. And I think another, but, uh, sorry, go, go ahead. No, go ahead. I think another easy thing that you can do um, once your spice cabinet is getting low is so many spice blends like people will go and I want Mrs. Dash's yes. or I want this or want that. Like all of those spices mm-hmm. have so many additives and preservatives in there. And it's so easy to make your own spices. Like the ranch seasoning packets, you know, that you can buy at the store. 
Yes. Super easy to make by yourself. Taco seasoning, super easy to make, like in bulk. Yeah. Keep it in a mason jar and just use a couple teaspoons or tablespoons for how much you're making. Like making your own yeah. spice mixes is super easy, very affordable. Honestly, if you can buy bulk spices, you're going to be saving so much money. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's just quick and easy and it's fun. And it's, it's kind of mindless. Like, you do it once, and you're going to have it for months. Pumpkin pie so, spice, yeah. barbecue sauce, yeah. like, all of that stuff is so easy. Once you dig into it, you're like, oh, this is what I'm spending six, seven Why bucks on? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And in terms of, like, ease, finding – when I started making our bread from scratch, and I've not been making it as much from scratch as I want to be, I'm going to – I'm trying to get back into that now that we're – in inside more too hot cooler months like yeah well and time just like being outside with the garden and everything and canning a lot more it's just hard to to make as much bread as I wanted to but I found a bread recipe like a yeast bread recipe that I really liked and a yeast roll recipe that I really liked and then an egg noodle recipe that I really Mm -hmm. liked and there was one modification for the egg noodle recipe to make it egg dumplings and I got really good at making those four ingredients or those four recipes so we were like had good fresh bread we had like reliable noodles, great rolls, and um, that really felt more empowering when it came to cooking from scratch because I there were easy recipes that I could look to and I perfected that were literally serving my family. It wasn't like cooking from scratch than to have something sit on the counter that we ate half of. It was like things that we were actually eating and using week in and week out. And it was that was a great place to start in terms of like supplementing actual areas of our home with food from scratch. I love that you said that because it's, it, you, I think one of the parts of cooking from scratch is also not being afraid to fail a little bit. Like my roast, when I first did it, did not come out perfect. But as time has gone, I've learned about temperatures and I've learned about length of time and I've learned about the heat of my oven and gotten closer with my oven and understood it better. Um, and so it's just, to me, it's, it's what, what are you curious about? What are you willing to learn about? And what are you willing to kind of test and fail a little bit about, you know? Um, And, you know, you'll eat it anyway, it'll be tasty anyway, or maybe the dog will eat it and you'll have pizza that night. All of those things are okay. You know, it's just more of getting in the kitchen, opening up your pantry, opening up your, your, you know, refrigerator and, and figuring it out. Um, you know, it's that natural curiosity that I think is so, so empowering and so much fun in the kitchen. Yeah. I've made lots of messes if you cool. haven't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I feel like every time I make a new recipe, it's never, it's never right the first couple of times. Cause you always have to nuance mm-hmm. everything. But like by the, t- the second time, third time you make something, you pretty much got it figured out at that point. And so it's like, you can't ever judge anything based off the first time you make it. No. Oh my gosh. My first time ever <laughs> making the Thanksgiving Turkey, like all the guys were back from Iraq the first time. And so I had all of these soldiers in my house and we, I made two turkeys because I was afraid I was going to poison somebody. So I made one and then I made Rob eat it. And then I made the other one, the actual game day, like, the day I had to be on showtime just because I wanted to make sure so it's like you know but I was so proud of that turkey when everybody like dug in and liked it and you know and I didn't poison anybody it was so fantastic (laughs) (laughs) 
the level of pride that you feel once you've done something like that from scratch is like it's a, it's a, it's a great feeling it's so much fun so i love that i brined it i talked to it it was cold it was it was like it was a whole <laughs> relationship with these two turkeys <laughs> But I remember it, and I was maybe 22 years old at the time. You know what I mean? Like, I remember that Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. so vividly because I was able to do it. It was my first time Mm -hmm. doing that for that many people. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's so cool. Cool. Well, I hope that this episode has inspired you to want to learn how to cook from scratch or to take that next step in the kitchen. We know that it can be messy. You can fail. There's going to be times where things are burnt and you need to take out something quick and easy from the freezer. But we hope that we can encourage you a little bit to to take a step in the kitchen and experiment a little bit more um, and cook some new nutritious meals for your family. If you have any questions or you want to talk about some of your favorite recipes, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram because we would love to hear your recipes. We can share them with everybody else. If you have a tried and true recipe, we would love to share it with our followers. So make sure you um, leave us a message on Instagram and make sure to give us a review here on the podcast because we love hearing um, what you guys think because we love making these for you. And so we love hearing uh, your feedback in return. I hope you guys all have a great day and have some fun in the kitchen.